Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Rob. We're a writing team from New Jersey with a passion for film. An aggressive, all-consuming passion. Well, whenever we see a news article we find, like, insane, uh, immediately it's... How can we make a movie out of this? Every episode we read a crazy article from different sources and tumble down our own rabbit hole. Discussing cast, crew, and plot. And then we hash out a pitch for a feature film. So, join us as we BS about movies and ask the important question... What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? Rolling. Rolling like a river. That's the song. So right? perilously close to being correct. <laughs> Rolling like a river. <laughs> I love it. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, anyone in between, thank you for joining us. This is episode 41. This is 41. We're so close to that 50 milestone, Rob, which we have to discuss our plans for because I have some ideas. Uh, I don't you know do if you indeed. do. I don't know if you do. Do you? You do, right? You do. Uh, yes. Jeez. Yeah, you do. You got You've this. been very aggressive at me on this podcast lately. It's because I love you. <laughs> um, thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the last one with our, our good friend, Michael St. Gregory. Had a good time with that one. A lot of talking over each other, but... That's how it goes when you get a bunch of fun friends together in a room. So uh, hope you guys chucked uh, chucked. Hope you guys checked out his stuff over at uh, Wayfinders Guild uh, for all those launches with the D and D stuff because uh, they're really fun. Uh, I had a good time doing his Halloween one. That was definitely not the Haunted Mansion. Absolutely wasn't. Um, but that was a good time. So you guys should definitely check that out. Uh, this is episode forty one, and this is going to be our Christmas episode. So Merry Christmas, happy holidays, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, whatever you guys celebrate. Hope you guys we have wish a you a Merry. December. We wish you a Merry. That's yeah, that's great. I like that. Um, because this episode will be coming out on the 18th. The next episode won't be out until New Year's Day. So New Year's Day, we will have a nice hungover episode for you guys. <laughs> um, that's uh, I wonder there's got to be something fun we can do with that. Like article wise, there's got to be some good like We've done on, we've done a lot of drunk movies. We we definitely have, but I we, I mean we might be about of, to do another. <laughs> I mean, in terms, yeah, we might. I'm I'm curious to see what you got because I, I I had a, I, a spoiler alert. I could not think of a title for this one, so I oh. I don't have a title for this film. Um, okay, so I'm gonna need some help for that once we pitch. Um, but I will leave this to Rob as this is his article. Uh, so Rob, if you want to get us started on our Christmas pitch for episode forty one. Uh, sure. So I was uh, looking up, kind of unrelated to this recently, some uh, interesting Christmas traditions or Christmas traditions that people don't do anymore uh, and things about it historically. I found a lot of stuff about sugar plums, mostly, <laughs> um, which I found don't always have to be plums, which confused me. So like sugar peaches? Yeah, I Isn't guess. it just like a fermentation? Isn't that kind of what they do? I th- I guess so. I yeah. I got too mad. Uh, so, but the I life kinda, story of Rob Dickerson. <laughs> I saw like a a, a hypertext link in blue in one of these things I was reading that just said "Lord of Misrule," and I thought that sounds like a really cool band. But what does this <laughs> mean? And I clicked on it, and it is a very interesting tradition uh, from England for a long time. It was basically a peasant or some rando that was appointed during the Christmas season for like up to two or three months 
at a time to be yeah. in charge of festivities. It feels almost like a court jester where they're just kind of like, hey, you're in charge of the party this year. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh and it was it was not someone of particularly noble birth whatsoever. <laughs> uh and I guess they were just like, all right, so once a year these people know how to make merry. The court is a bit too stiff. Let's see what they let's see what they do. Uh they were in charge of, you know, arranging all the entertainment. Uh, whether it be plays or or balls, uh, commanding people to drink, the feasts, <laughs> all these different things. He, there would be. It wasn't just like an administrative job; like you had a court, yeah. like, like you were a king and that you would rule over. And in reading an actual missive, uh, for for appointing it, it's it's bizarre hearing how much authority you have. I give free leave to said Owen Flood to command. All and every person or persons whatsoever, as well as servants as others, to be at his command whensoever he shall sound his trumpet or music, and to do him good service, as though I were present myself at their perils. I give full power and authority to his lordship to break up all locks, bolts, bars, doors, and latches, and to fling all doors out of hinges. <laughs> so, this is... I, I, I cannot even believe this is the thing that happened where someone just sort of essentially said... Go fucking ham, bro. <laughs> Go ham for Christmas. You have In old English. Power. That's what they yeah. said. And there were multiple lords of misrule, starting like from the highest levels of like the king to your local lord to just like the guy who owns a bunch of property in town. <laughs> um, I, I I was reading, you know, they had, had had done it for a long time. It stopped for a bit during the reign of Henry VIII. It came back under his. Uh, first daughter and then under elizabeth the first uh, mm -hmm. she didn't have it anymore but it would pop up at random intervals for times thereafter but i thought this is the coolest shit we have to we have to do this i mean uh, the puritans got involved of course and they hated it mm -hmm. I, hate the, I hate the puritans they ruin everything this is why they kicked them out to america the puritans are the worst of the people <laughs> of of all the people, they're some of the worst. <laughs> uh, let's see what it has the article in here. Uh, while the tradition of Christmas success and lordly generosity towards the lo the lower orders continued into the 1600s, the Lord of Misrule fell out of favor during the reign of Elizabeth I due to it often resulting in disorderly behavior and promoting rebellion. <laughs> Despite the reestablishment of the season's traditions at the Restoration, Lord of Misrule disappeared in the 17th century, possibly because, as Hutton suggests, after a taste of genuine misrule during the interregnum, nobody in the ruling elite seems to have had any stomach for simulating it. Uh, so yeah, this is what we are using as the kernel for our, our little film that we will be pitching today. This is true. This is the <laughs> kernel. Let's plant that seed and let's find out what happened. Um, Rob, what do you got? So my movie is called Be Merry with an exclamation point. Okay. The exclamation point is very important. <laughs> uh, it takes place during the reign of Henry VIII. Uh, as self-same king, uh, I cast Mark Addy uh, of Game of Thrones. Um, and Flintstones Viva Rock of Vegas. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess so. And the Michael Keaton Jack Frost movie. <laughs> I have I have not seen that particularly bizarre adventure in some time. I need um, to rewatch that before Christmas, actually. I haven't seen that since I was a kid. Do you? Yeah, totally. You it's, defini to? it's definitely worth it. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, 
That just made me sad. All right, so... <laughs> Uh, uh, what is it? Oh, Mark Addy as uh, Henry VIII as the tit- uh, titular Lord of Misrule, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, and as Anne Boleyn, I cast uh, Emily Blunt. Now, essentially, what I want to do with this movie is portray the Lord of Misrule as we were talking about, um, Robert Downey Jr. being some scrub uh, elevated to this position over the holidays, uh, in charge of, of making merry for the court. Making Mary uh, who is a notorious shithead, <laughs> just uh, the absolute worst, uh, with the many many wives. <laughs> uh, after he divorced his first wife, uh, Catherine established his own church and and married Anne Boleyn. Uh, so we will go through a bit of of what it was like uh, to to be Lord of Misrule and all the festivities that are going on. Now, really, what I wanted to ultimately do with the movie was essentially do the prince and the pauper okay but a little more on the nose (laughs) in that um people start really enjoying the reign of the lord of misrule (laughs) and for some reason people start offhand mentioning a lot especially emily blunt boy you sure do look like the king it's so strange how closely you resemble his grace. <laughs> and it's Robert Downey Jr. and Mark Addy, so this is not true. <laughs> but it's also the 1500s, so yeah. you see a photo. You, not a photo. You see a, a, a painting once in your life, so. <laughs> yeah. Boy, surely in profile thou dost resemble <laughs> his grace, King Henry. Um, and he's not really getting it, obviously, because he's drinking a lot. <laughs> um and throughout the course of this party i i really want people to keep trying to replace henry the eighth with with robert Downey Jr. <laughs> i think i'm gonna call him gene gene i love yeah. it king gene <laughs> <laughs> this is our second thing about royalty in <laughs> yeah. two episodes but it's uh we'll, we'll roll roll with it <laughs> and yeah, that's essentially the the basic idea of what I want to do. Um, I think I want him to not be the successful. Okay, puts in the pauper thing. I think I don't. I don't want to do like a lot of alternate history stuff. I, I think it's just funny to to drop in and be like, mm, well, well, they tried, and yeah. there goes Anne Boleyn. <laughs> um, and uh, just kind of like now, we're desperately trying to keep Christmas going into February. And yeah, that's that's uh, that's what I want to do. Who is your director? Uh, I cannot find my phone, so I do not remember who my director was. Um, I'm gonna hmm. let's see. I'm trying to think of good uh, comedy directors. Definitely don't want to go with the guy who directed the Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas. <laughs> How could you not? I have no idea who directed that. <laughs> so I'm. Uh, you know what? No, I think it's the same guy who directed The Flintstones, which is better. So I'm going to say him. What's his name? <laughs> the guy who directed the live-action Flintstones? Yep. Uh, Brian oh, Levant. <laughs> I'm going to go with Brian Levant, Brian director Levant. of Beethoven. Oh, Jingle All the Way, the best Christmas movie ever. Yep. Beethoven, Flintstones, Flintstones, View of Rock Vegas, Jingle All the Way, Snow Dogs, <laughs> and Are We There Yet? Oh, Those boy. Are, uh, he's got some... He's got some gold under his uh, under his belt. <laughs> He's got a couple clunkers. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I feel like we can bully him and he'll do what we want. 
that's the way we get what we want always. That's how I mean, that's how Hollywood works. So, you know, mm-hmm. we're not too far off. <laughs> so you had just remind me, you had Mark Addy, you had Robert Downey Jr. and Emily Blunt. Were those the three? Yep. OK. OK. And then directed by Bryant Levant. And it was called Be Merry with an exclamation point. Yes. The exclamation point is very important. Very important. All right. Awesome. Because you it. better. Because you better be married. There's a lingering thread of the headsman's axe. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's Be Merry, my uh, general pitch for this. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't go into a lot of detail because I figured we can come up with some hijinks. That's what we uh, do. Yep. <laughs> so uh, on your end, Nick, what do you got? All right. we. So I was curious if I wanted to go 1500s, if I wanted to go 16th century or not. Um, I, I decided against it. So mine's modern day. Um, mine is about a, so in the article, they talk a lot about how this happened at like Oxford and Cambridge. So my movie takes place at Oxford university, uh, present day with a group of seniors who are trying to throw their last Christmas party. Um, my, my three seniors are going to be played by George McKay from 1917, uh, Jack Whitehall, who I thought was the only redeeming quality of the terrible, movie jungle cruise he was very funny in it um that <laughs> i haven't happened. seen it yet you guys keep yelling at me it is because you shouldn't see it it is god awful i am sorry it's terrible um but jack whitehall was very funny in it uh so it's him george mckay and zendaya as my three seniors who are looking to throw their final christmas rager at oxford uh however there is a professor who represents the puritans played by colin firth who is against any type of partying whatsoever. And he locks up all of the Christmas decorations so that they can't get to it. <laughs> so while they're trying to figure out how to get their Christmas decorations, cause they have, you know, special stuff. It's not just like party city that they can just go buy more of. Um, they come across basically another person online who is a student at Oxford, but they're, they, they basically represent anonymous. Like they're, they're one of those, mm-hmm. uh, the character's name is Miss M I S S Rule, Miss Rule. Um, that's her online handle. And that character is going to be played by Florence Pugh. And Ooh. what they do is basically they hire her to help them break into the professor's office so that they can steal all their Christmas decorations back so that they can throw their final Christmas rager of their senior year. Um, and then, of course, as you said, hijinks ensues. Uh, but Colin Firth kind of plays the. Uh, the temporaneous professor who's, you know, against fun and is trying his hardest to make sure that they don't get what they want. Um, my director of choice is Ross and Marshall uh, Thurber, who just uh, he's directed a ton. He directed Where the Millers and stuff like that. But he just recently directed uh, Red Notice, uh, which is a fun movie. It's nothing spectacular, but it, it was definitely it was a fun time to to, to relax and watch with. Um, but I think that style is very good for this because Red Notice is about, you know, art thieves and stuff like that. I, just I have never thieves. seen so many advertisements for one film. Oh, you could oh, not yeah. escape Red Notice for a while. No, you you couldn't. And and you know, it it's sort of a generic film, but it's fun. And Rob, you'll enjoy that it is canonically in the uh Indiana Jones universe. Um <laughs> I don't think they have that authority. I've decided. Now, uh would they so without giving anything away for that movie because it is new i don't want to spoil uh they find nazi treasure and as they're going through one of the boxes they find is coded uh with the same code and box of uh the ark of the covenant 
from uh, Raiders. You know, um, in in the general cinematic universe, there's just a lot of Nazi gold lying around. Not only that, but there is a lot of movies that have used the Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, Ark of the Covenant, uh, in their films. So Indiana Jones is in a lot of universes, um, <laughs> but I digress. Um, that movie sets the pace and the tone for what I want to accomplish here. Albite, more of a college rager comedy, which again, we have done before, um, but I, I felt it necessary to put this in modern times just because it felt a little bit, it, it felt a little bit more doable. Mm-hmm. Um to do it modern times as like a college party uh, rather than uh, granted in like the 16th century, it would be an interesting choice, but I went modern. Um, and my title, I came up while you were pitching just very simply just welcome to the party. Hmm. Um, but that is my, that is my cast and that is my premise. And Florence Pugh's character is very much like she has to kind of be, She's kind of like very suave and very, mm-hmm. you know, she's she's Gal Gadot in in Red Notice. She's any Anna Diarmas in Bond. You know, she's she's the suave, good looking woman who knows how to do things. So like she's doing parkour and she's picking locks like easily. And the guys <laughs> and Zendaya are all like head over heels in love with her because of how talented she is at what she's doing. Um, I'm thinking there's probably some type of twist where like maybe she doesn't go to this school or, mm. you know, she's she's actually just a nerd hiding behind a cu- computer uh, screen, but knows how to do this stuff. So th- there's some type of twist there. Uh, but that is my pitch. Uh, wow, that's, that's a very interesting one. Uh, I'm trying <laughs> to think immediately of how to combine these. And this this is going to be difficult. Simply put, I think we go with your time. Mm-hmm. I think we go with the 16th century. Um, and then we can, because again, originally I was going to put this in the 16th century, so we can just try to add mine into yours. Okay. Um, I don't know how we would do the Robert Downey Jr. versus Florence Pugh aspect of the character of the Lord of Misrule. Hmm. But well, if, if that's if that's the backdrop, you know what is what is the plot in the in the foreground that that drives the movie forward during that period. So that's a good point. I mean. The only thing I can think of is if we wanted to do this isn't exactly answering your question, but if we wanted to do <laughs> the two characters uh, of Miss Rule with Florence Pugh and Robert Downey Jr., mm-hmm. maybe Florence Pugh is the face and Downey Jr. is the the nerdy, geeky one who can't actually get things done. You know, he's not branded well. So Florence Pugh is kind of the face of the uh, of the the business, if you will. Mm-hmm. So that she's kind of like, oh, she's really suave and cool, but he's actually the brains or something. That way we can get both of them in. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna switch my notepad over to the other side. Mm, hear that page turn. <laughs> so Florence Pugh for sure. And RDJ for sure. Now, if we put this in the 1600s, obviously Mark Addy is staying. Yep. King Henry. Um... Now, the question here, who was Emily Blunt again exactly in yours? Anne Boleyn. She was, she was Anne Boleyn. Yeah. Um, did she I get think her head she chopped was in a show, did, right? Yeah, I think yeah. she was in a show once, Emily Blunt, where she played one of the litany of other wives that he had. She wasn't in the other Boleyn, was she? No, that no, was... No, no. Portman and uh, ScarJo? ScarJo, I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, I, let's get back to your question, though. What is the, what is the forefront plot? Mm-hmm. 
because our background can be that they're still trying to put together a party at the behest of the king. Yeah, this is very important. He's in a bad fucking mood. Yeah. He just just wants a Christmas party. Yeah, he's been kicked out of the Catholic Church for divorcing his first wife. He started (laughs) his own church. People are not super happy. Which which wife, if if Meg was here, she'd be able to help us with this. Which wife was Anne Boleyn? Well, Anne Boleyn was wife number two. She was wife number two. Okay, so there haven't been too many beheadings. There's been no beheadings so far. No, he divorced was first. his first wife, Catherine of Aragon. Yeah. Uh, for not giving him a male heir. Uh, right. The church said, no, you're, you're married. We don't really do divorce unless there's a serious <laughs> reason. He's like, there is. I swear. She's uh, <laughs> sleeping around. And the church was like... <laughs> No, this you're lying. There's literally no evidence of this. It's like That's... I'll get someone to say that she is. Yes, but you just said you would get someone to say that she is. So Can you annul it? That's a scene for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that is a scene in this movie. The folks like, I'm not gonna annul your marriage. You literally have no reason for this. You're just horny. Uh I want to get a divorce. Uh she didn't give me a kid. Yeah, so that's not how this works. You you need kind of a better reason. Okay, um, you murdered my cousin. She gave you a daughter. <laughs> no, no, no. You already said you already said the the son thing. You can't take that back and go with something else. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh lord, that's definitely a scene with some church uh, representative, mm-hmm. some parishioner, or whatever the hell they call him. Yeah, just absolutely horny on Maine for Anne Boleyn, <laughs> who also didn't give him a son. I want this one. That's not how any of this works, though. You can't just you can't just do that. Oh, really? Which one of us is wearing the crown again? (laughs) (laughs) And and gets her revenge. You know, she's a mother to Elizabeth. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Um, Okay, so, yeah, the forefront storyline has to be something along the lines of maybe honestly, maybe it's that maybe we just do the story of Anne Boleyn and King Henry. Mm hmm. That's kind of the forefront. Yeah, that's I think definitely the 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 historical uh, uh, ebb and flow of the plot is is going to be that. I don't know if like that is the main thing or our characters interacting with that as I original got it. characters. I got it. Okay. The reason he's throwing this Christmas party is to impress Anne Boleyn. Of course, he's yeah. trying to throw this party to impress her, so he hires RDJ to yeah. be the Lord of Misrule and come up with this party, and they realize what the stakes actually are now. He's a, he's a notorious drunk. Yeah. Probably on his way to be hanged for <laughs> some sort of degeneracy that he will not discuss with anyone else in the movie for the rest of it. Like, but wait, they don't hang people for public drunkenness. What did you do? It's not It's not important. It's not, What's let's get back to the decorations. That we are here now, <laughs> and the plums are not sugared. <laughs> <laughs> We need these plum sugared immediately. <laughs> he has to be drunk throughout the movie because then they're just like, well, if you're so worried about being publicly hanged for for intoxication, why are you still intoxicated? Because I'm I'm terrified of being publicly hung. <laughs> if I stop, then I think, yeah, it's a vicious cycle. <laughs> Side note, I do want to have a, 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 a gag uh, running throughout the movie from from start to finish. In every scene, Henry VIII is a little bit fatter. <laughs> you just make him bigger and bigger as the, as the movie goes on. <laughs> he was so goddamn fat by the time he died. He was a lustful weirdo. 
Um, okay, so I have the idea that we can bring in some of my characters as maybe uh, we could probably still bring in. I don't know. Can we do it where Colin Firth can be a character trying to stop the party if it's sure? He's like you know, he's like the Lord Chamberlain or something. And is okay. So why why is he not invested in this party? Oh, he's 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 maybe like secretly super Catholic. Okay, he's, he's really annoyed at this entire series of events, and he thinks he has a shot at fixing everything and getting him back with his first wife, Catherine. But this fucking party. Uh, what if we, instead of having Florence Pugh as the face and RDJ as the brains, mm-hmm. what if we have them trying to throw competing parties? Mm-hmm. What if King Henry's idea is whoever can throw me the best party will get X, mm-hmm. whichever one impresses Anne Boleyn to marry me. Yeah. Will whoever get X. proves themselves the, the true Lord of misrule. Yeah. So then it's um, then it's a competing Christmas party, which is very Christmas. Yeah. Will win themselves <laughs> uh, a uh, a country estate, uh, a noble title, and a pardon for all previous crimes. Uh, per- ears perk up. <laughs> oh yeah, and RDJ's previous crimes are all just like intoxication, but Florence Pugh has like murdered people. <laughs> yeah, she's like a, a notorious highwayman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, okay, so that's the premise. The premise is literally, I'm hiring two people to throw parties for Anne Boleyn so that she'll want to marry me. Whoever throws the better party can live. (laughs) (laughs) So so we could do it where they each have a team of people. Oh, definitely, yeah, that they are relying on as as competing lords of misrule. Yeah, so Anne Boleyn, oh yeah, I gotta put down Emily Blunt because she's Anne Boleyn. Um, and then, oh, and we could do, we could do like a nice twist ending, like Shakespeare in Love, like because their authority of Lordism's rule is absolute, they pardon themselves. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. And then he gets super mad about that. And then he cuts Amberlynn's head off. <laughs> like, All right, we're not doing this next year. <laughs> That's perfect, though. Um, okay, so we start off, and the first scene is him trying to get a divorce sanctioned by the church mm-hmm. so that he can divorce, uh, who is it? Uh, Catherine. Aragorn? Catherine of Aragon. Catherine of Aragorn. Um, trying, <laughs> trying to divorce Catherine of Aragon. The whole first scene is just like a 15-minute scene. Of him being like, I want to divorce her. She won't give me a son. That's not a reason for divorce. <sighs> All right, fine. She's sleeping around. Well, I, you I, already I, said the son thing. <laughs> I can, I can see, I can see the way we're gonna shoot this in my head, and I almost want to do it like, like a, uh, like sort of a backlit uh, psychiatrist session. Like we can see mm-hmm. the Pope, mm-hmm. and there's just the silhouette. Like we're shooting. The king from behind, and it's like an over-the-shoulder. He's, and like he's, we're slowly, slowly rotating. Throughout the whole scene, he's eating a giant turkey yeah. leg. Until like five minutes in, it's like, <laughs> oh, that's the king of England. Being really <laughs> bitchy. <laughs> and he's eating a giant turkey leg. But he's eating it like Denethor in Return of the King. Yeah, it's uh, just gross. It's a tomato. It's just gross. <laughs> You know, just just to really bother Meg, I was I was about to ask how many wives did he have? Uh, <laughs> six. Yeah. It's six because that's Catherine a show on Broadway. Started his own church, annulled. <laughs> Anne Boleyn, 
head gone. <laughs> He's not good with them. He doesn't have a great track record. Um, so after that first scene, uh, he he obviously gets the church to to give him to grant him the divorce. So now he is now do so that's the first scene. So has he already been introduced to Anne Boleyn? I guess in our movie. Yeah, that's why he's trying to get a divorce. He's yeah, corny on man. Yeah, yeah. So now he is, you know, walking around the kingdom trying to figure out a way to get her to. It's funny. It's like trying to figure out a way to get her to notice him when all he has to do is be like, I'm king, you wife now. <laughs> <laughs> but we do that. something. We do something different in terms of like, oh, he wants to woo her and like, oh, maybe he is actually just a really sweet. But no, he's going to be an absolute terror throughout this entire film. Of course. Yeah. You're kind of like, sucks. oh, he actually is just, he's trying his best to just impress a girl. That's adorable. <laughs> and death. <laughs> and death to everybody. Um, What else? So after that, then we have him basically setting a meeting with does he set a meeting with both florence Pugh and robert downey jr or does he do one after the other not he, telling he, them he commands colin firth to find him the most notorious scoundrels and wastrels in the kingdom yeah yeah uh who, who may know the ways of the uh the ways of the people in making merry for the holiday season better than those of the court yeah 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 so he's so the next is is Colin Firth kind of scouting locations. He's mm-hmm. going to the pubs. He's going to these, you know, you know, seedy downtown areas just mm-hmm. looking for the worst of the worst. Yeah. But people who like somehow have like a caliber yeah. about them that people love to be <laughs> around. He's got he's got like a squire or a page boy or something. Maybe that's George McKay. Yeah. He's like, I keep going to these pubs and no one will volunteer to be a competing Lord of Misrule just because they think they might lose and die. I don't understand. Well, let's see. Have you tried the gallows? <laughs> Perfect. And then we cut to a scene where Florence Pugh is about to be hung. She yeah. has the noose around her neck. The The guy's about to pull the lever. The executioner is about to pull the lever. And then Colin Firth or George McKay just goes up to the executioner. You don't hear what he says, but he whispers in the executioner's ear, hands him some type of note. And then the, <laughs> he just cuts down the rope and lets him take her. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So now they have to uh, they have to be uh, sent to the king so that he can address them and tell them about this party that he wants thrown. Look, I'm trying to woo this girl. And uh, whoever throws the best party that gets her interested in me, uh, I will grant you a full pardon of everything. Mm. Okay, and what both about... Lord of Misrule. Uh, yeah. Okay. And what about the other one? Oh, the other one will be murdered for sure. <laughs> That's the climax of the party. <laughs> That's the end. So I need you both to build a hangman's noose at this Christmas party. <laughs> he makes them build their own like death chamber. <laughs> yeah. It's not going out with a bang so much as just sort of a thunk. <laughs> That's the tagline. It's not a bang as much of a thunk. And then there's a noose on the poster. <laughs> Uh, it's literally live or die who gets the best party. 
<laughs> wow. What a happy Christmas we're making. <laughs> so they put together their their team of of, of ragtag players. Yeah. Um, and they start going around London just, you know, handing out pamphlets of their of their parties. Yeah. Sadly, basically... Shakespeare isn't alive yet, so we can't throw him in the movie. Uh yeah, what year are we doing this? Because he he wasn't born until like the fifteen forties, right? Yeah, he was round under uh, James and Elizabeth. Yeah. Okay. Um, however, we could play off the idea that Shakespeare wasn't one person, and it's just you know someone else <laughs> who's a little bit older. Um, so they're 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 handing out pamphlets, trying to get people interested into their parties. They're doing everything they can to uh, basically interrupt each other's plans. Mm-hmm. Um, then what would we say is Act Two? Uh, hmm. so yeah i guess we got to find a way that the the christmas celebrations will be different yeah yeah they the can't yeah them. they yeah they can't be the same party they have to be like they have to be wildly different like that's that's the mm-hmm. the part that's going to be fun about the movie you know it can't just be people around the punch bowl so let's put it into perspective with their characters if florence Pugh is kind of like this really dangerous mercenary what kind of party is she gonna throw as opposed to rdj who's just a drunken jester i think definitely uh uh jousts at the minimum melees for sure of sword fights uh yes brawls like like what's that game we were playing that's just the massive medieval thing where you're just swinging swords at each other (laughs) uh chivalry oh chivalry chivalry. (laughs) yeah yeah I, I but they have to be Christmas themed. So like the joust is like instead of hitting each other across the the bar, it's you have to you have to stab the Christmas ham or something like yeah. that. I don't know. Just hang some mistletoe at the end of the fucking lance. We're putting on a party here. <laughs> Everything she's doing is just like we'll make it Christmas themed after. Let's just get the ideas going. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So she's doing all that stuff while while RDJ is doing. Um, He's obviously focusing on the booze. Yeah, just the, gallons and gallons and gallons. The booze and the food. That's his sole focus. Um, and he thinks that's going to win over the king, which most likely it will. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a good way to Henry's heart. Turkey <laughs> legs and, and ale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, I want a turkey leg now. Um, so his party is a little bit more of a rager hers is a little bit more of like an underground boxing fight <laughs> mm. yeah oh yeah but definitely the thing one is, of them has this just dangerous smoky yeah, vibe but it. that's that's the thing is that king henry is also just he's in love with violence as well mm-hmm. so it's like both of them are doing things that he's going to be attracted to but they're just both wildly different things but the but the end of act 2 is them realizing Anne hates all of this. I was just going to say, at some point, they have to realize that the party is supposed to be for Anne, and she's not going to care about any of this stuff. Yep. We <laughs> so, have to start from scratch. Yes. So they literally start from scratch to get their party up and running again. I got warehouses full of booze. <laughs> well, keep that, yes. but <laughs> So maybe uh, King Henry is super enthralled with the first parties that they're throwing. But after they realize they have to start from scratch because it's about wooing her, they also have to uh, make him understand that. So they have to get him on board with it. And then both parties are kind of just your regular 
you know. Yeah, Colin Firth, I think, now is in the incredibly uncomfortable position of he wants this whole thing to fail so that the king will, will go back to his first wife and become a Catholic again. So now he's mm-hmm. like, uh, maybe you should do the very uh, dangerous and deranged part. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like noticeably uncomfortable. And maybe he's setting those things up now while they're mm-hmm. trying to throw the regular polite party. He is now, you know, leaving swords on the table and yep. just hoping people will start fighting and they're, stuff. They're like peasants. That. They need only the smallest of push. <laughs> he's he's giving people pouches of coin just to be like i want you to go stab that man over there <laughs> <laughs> so how do we what is our oh, act three okay. then because that's obviously the end of act two is when they start realizing they have to mm-hmm. um redo the parties yep so, now it's now it's madcap yeah it's, yeah it's, it's it's definitely farcical yep to a to a point so it's some somehow we have to get that. What is she like? That farcicality. <laughs> we're just we're just dashing all around London. Oh, so now maybe yeah, maybe RDJ and Florence Pugh are now actually just spying on Anne Boleyn, yeah. trying to figure or or using their you know their patties or whatever their mm-hmm. their sidekicks to do so. Yeah. But they're trying to find things that she's cornering her ladies in waiting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, they're just finding out all these things. And like, so actually, what was Anne Boleyn like? What, what did she like? <laughs> um, Horses. Yeah, yeah, basically. And not getting beheaded. She yeah. was a big proponent for Huge not being fan. beheaded. Huge fan of that. <laughs> Huge fan of not being beheaded. Um, Definitely not banging her brother, Henry. <laughs> so after they finally divulge the information from her housemaidens or whatever uh what was the other boleyn about again wasn't is it oh her her sister henry also fancied but he married Anne, and i i I can't remember so i'm trying to think if for act three if we can put something like that in there i need to rewatch this movie i remember liking it but i know that it's absolutely completely fictional uh yeah i think so i uh, shit i can't remember much about it i know i know he, he he tells her sister not to come around court anymore but he's still like make sure she has money wow there's a lot of people in this movie natalie yeah, Portman, scarlett johansson eric banna jim sturgis mark rylance benedict cumberpatch david morrissey cadbury pringlebatch yeah <laughs> Cabbage Patch Sour Patch. <laughs> That's too many patches. I know. I messed up. <laughs> Cinnabon Sour Patch. There we go. <laughs> Eddie Redmayne. Andrew Garfield. Jesus, this had a wow. lot of people in it. Yeah. Juno Temple. Damn. Wow. Yeah, that's a big cast. And nobody remembers. Yeah, I remember seeing it in theaters, though. I saw wow. that in theaters. Um, 2008. Yeah, wow. That was a, a long time ago. Um, okay, so do we bring in Mary Boleyn, or do we? Is that too much for this film? Yeah, it's too much. Okay, I think you're right. Yeah. Um. So he's trying to court Anne Boleyn. He finally realizes. He finally comes to the idea that, you know, I'm I'm on board. We have to make this party for her, not for me. Mm-hmm. Or does he fight it the whole time? He thinks, well, if it's for me and I like it, she'll be happy. 
I think he has to be dragged kicking and screaming to every one of these conclusions. Yes. I, th- I think it's definitely, maybe Robert Downey Jr. is really good at making him think that these are his ideas. That's true. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of forcing it into his brain. Yep. So that he thinks he's the one that has uh, come up with all this stuff. Yeah. Like, those are always my favorite stories of, like, you know, successful companies. And then you hear about behind the scenes. It's like, if you wanted, if you wanted him to do anything... You had to a convince him it was his idea, yeah, yeah, and yeah. b compliment him greatly on his idea. <laughs> it was a fantastic idea, sir. Excellent. I, <laughs> I can't believe you came up with it. Um, okay, so now we get to the parties, and what are we doing in Act Three? Is the Act Three just the rager? Oh, definitely, yeah. And does everything go wrong, or does everything go right? Hmm. This is a good point. Let's see. I think wrong, if we want to keep that that hook at the end I was talking about. Yeah, because how would we do that if... I mean, is he going to declare one of them a winner? Or or are we rewriting history and she doesn't agree to it? Um... I mean, she doesn't really have a choice in the end, but uh... <laughs> but do we? But I'm saying, do we do a Tarantino and kill Hitler? Oh, oh, jeez, woo! <laughs> um, that'd be that'd be kind of funny. I mean, maybe maybe. Hmm. So one of them can fail. Both of them can fail. Because I think I'm gonna say I'm gonna say both of them fail. Yeah, because with the character we're building, I don't think he would be happy with any outcome. Yeah. I want to embarrass him more than I do murder him. Yeah, 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 yeah. We No, we don't need to kill him. I just, I was using Tarantino as a metaphor. Yeah. So publicly sort of power cuckolding him and, and, and doing what I uh, had pitched before. About saying, well, you appointed us both Lord of Misrule, and per this document, we have absolute authority in these matters. Mm-hmm. So we are going to pardon ourselves. And <laughs> yeah, these documents are, yeah. These do- and he is just not having it. He is throwing the biggest temper yeah. tantrum. This and country at- estate is, you know, definitely party territory now. <laughs> yeah. And at this point, he's the biggest he will ever be. He's <laughs> <laughs> just a fucking balloon. It's literally like, uh, oh, what am I thinking of? It's like... Uh, what is the name of the Michael Myers character in Awesome Powers? Fat, fat bastard. Fat bastard. Yeah, <laughs> it's just he's that size. Oh man, <laughs> it's it's really not inaccurate. I was reading that like at the end of Henry's life, he had to oh, be yeah. moved around with machines. Jeez, they had machines. <laughs> and like a system of police. <laughs> I think of uh, how uh, like, how fat Henry. A 54-inch waist. Oh, my God. What is that? That's, that's like, insane. That's so much more. <laughs> I'm not small, but Jesus, fuck. You're not 54-inch waist, either. No, God. <laughs> so, in his 20s, he weighed about 15 stone, which I don't know what that is, with a 32-inch waist, so a very normal-sized man, a thin yeah. man. In his 50s, his waist had increased to 52 inches. And by the time of his death, at uh, in 1547, at the age of 56, he is thought to have weighed about 28 stones. Now we need a calculator. Stones to pounds. 28 stones. 392 pounds. 392 pounds. My goodness. You piece of shit. (laughs) That is a large murderer. (laughs) Jesus. 
That is a large murderer. Well, I'm glad he died pissing pus. Oh, God, I don't care for that sentence, but I know it's factual. (laughs) (laughs) The What Do You Got podcast. (laughs) That's our slogan. I don't care for that sentence, but I know it's factual. Oh, man. Everything we say is always factual. We're not writing fiction here. We're writing based on true events. That's the whole premise of this podcast, guys. (laughs) No matter what we say, everything that we come up with literally happened. Yeah, we pitched a we pitched a movie where imagination is real, and we accidentally <laughs> gave ourselves powers. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I choked on our brilliance. <laughs> There's another slogan. Um, yeah, so I, I don't. Think, I think we got it there. Yeah, we kind of came up with that one pretty quick. We're we're running short on. We're we're running shorter than usual. Um. Yeah, 45 is fine. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. It's a short. It's a Christmas episode. It's going to be a Christmas special. So, it's a it's a shorter one. Now, oh, we do need uh we need to choose director and title. I will withdraw the director of the Flintstones video <laughs> <laughs> from consideration. <laughs> All right, so we'll go with well, no, cuz Ross and Marshall Thurber is this isn't his style movie. So, we need mm. someone new, I think. Is um new? What are, uh, what are some good... The thing is, if I look up, like, period comedies, it's going to come up with, like, the Danny McBride movies and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. It's period comedies recent. And this is how we work, folks. So, you mm-hmm. know, you got to look up some stuff. Um, Everything is coming up not comedies. They're all period dramas. How about Trey Parker? Ooh. Yeah. And Matt or just Trey? I don't think Matt directs. No, it's just Trey. Yeah, I'm good with that. We're definitely keeping Be Merry as the title. Hooray. That's Exclamation perfect. point. Exclamation point. Mm-hmm. Batman symbol. Um, oh, actually, no. Who did, not that this is a similar film, but who directed Enola Holmes? The, the Netflix thing? Yeah, Harry Bradbeer. Enola Holmes, Killing Eve... Not much else I know. Oh, a lot of TV. Yeah. Killing Eve is a TV show. I remember there was a podcast I was listening to that was uh, talking about Killing Eve. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of TV. So Matt, Matt Stone and Trey Parker made a production company for making films, and they just called it Important Studios. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, yeah, awesome. So it's Be Mary, directed by Trey Parker. Starring Mark Addy, Robert Downey Jr., Florence Pugh, Colin Firth, and Emily Blunt. With uh, other people as well, like George McKay and uh, Jack Whitehall. Things like that. Do we, <laughs> do, <laughs> do we want to have a scene where, where George McKay desperately has to get from one side of the party to the other? <laughs> and we do the 1917 <laughs> Battlefield run? <laughs> what is happening what is making like what is going on while he's running through what is he doing is it just people falling over drunk uh i think he overhears that someone has decided for christmas he's he's going to bring a uh, thing of mistletoe over to Anne and give her a kiss 
in front of the king. So he has to charge over there with mistletoe. Just, yeah. <laughs> it's it's just to prevent this. It's a giant hall, so he's like running through so many people. <laughs> yep, tripping over. It's exactly, it's exactly got like 1917. Yeah, yeah, it has to be done. Exa- he has to be bumped into by an extra and fall over. It has to be done exactly like there have to be things kind of, not explosions, but things falling or something like, like that. Like party crackers going off. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> random reference but such a beautiful i think george would find that fucking hysterical (laughs) it's such a great scene and then just taking the piss out of it yeah (laughs) has nothing to do with anything except anne boleyn needs this mistletoe (laughs) i'm king henry the eighth i am king henry the eighth i am um well henry the eighth song is not about the king (laughs) No, I know. I just it got stuck in my head while we were talking about him. He's just the eighth Henry. This woman is fucked. <laughs> I think we have a movie. I think we do. Be merry, goddamn you. Be merry and Pippin. Um, speaking of, this will actually be posted the day before the twentieth anniversary of Fellowship of the Ring. So cool. Yeah, can't wait. Throwing a nice little party for that. Are you coming? <laughs> by the way. Uh, I do have work that day, but I think it's late, so I might drop in. Work is late, or yeah. Oh, okay. We, we're not starting till like six p.m. So, mm-hmm. um, but for any of you out there, if you want to join, come on over to. Beep. <laughs> um. Yeah. Cinema have... quality. What do you say? Cinema quality sound effect right there. <laughs> i'm not i'm not adding in a real one no no keep it keep it keep it the way it was um yeah this is uh episode 41 this is our christmas episode next one will be a new year's episode i'm gonna have to find an article for that because i have a couple in the back burner that are not related to the holiday so uh i don't think we have to pitch a new year's movie we don't have to but i i'm curious to look around at what articles i can find based on new year's resolutions Hmm. or world ending stakes things like that horrible breakups yeah yeah see what i can find (laughs) yeah although maybe we shouldn't because we don't want to pitch two parties and at the same back to back that's a good point um but yeah we'll see we got we got time we got space we got lives we got things um folks hope you are you about to rap why not why not (laughs) let's do it right now two white guys (laughs) rapping on a podcast makes so much money um (laughs) folks thanks for listening uh hope you enjoyed this one hope you enjoy the holidays stay safe get vaccinated um have a good time you know where to find us maybe actually you know what rob maybe we might be able to do like a listeners episode next uh for new year's we can do that we can do the the new year's grab bag and just do like quick pitches yeah yeah we'll just get some from some people yeah um other than that, uh, thank you guys for listening. You know where to find us everywhere. Twitter, Facebook, Gmail, WDYG Podcast. Hope you have a great holiday. And uh, like I said, stay safe. We love you. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. I've been Rob. I've been Nick. And that's what we got. Doo, 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 doo. What Do You Got is recorded live at the Cape Swoosh Studios in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Our theme song was written and performed by Trevor Campbell. Additional music is provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. And our wonderful logo was designed by Gabby Vice. You can find her on Twitter at, at Gabby Vice. 